Welcome to the Dr. Funk Podcast. Today, on a special archive edition, the doc welcomes Revolution drummer Bobby Z and former Prince band member and protege Andre Simone. And now, he's testing positive for the funk, Dr. Funkenberry. Uh, what's going on, everyone? This is Dr. Funkenberry with the Dr. Funk Podcast. This one is a really, really, really great show from our archives. A special interview with Bobby Z of The Revolution. Talking about some behind-the-scenes stuff from back in the day and from now. Also talking about his My Purple Heart organization. We also bring some special guests, including Andre Simone, one of Prince's players from one of his early renditions of his band. And I just want to let you guys know, thank you so much for supporting us, drfunkenberry.com. We can only get bigger with your guys' support. We need it. Tell a friend about it. Tell your mom. Tell your girlfriend. Tell your girlfriend, side girlfriend, whatever you want to do. Just keep it funky, y'all, and enjoy this special, crazy archive edition with an interview of Bobby Z with our special guest co-host, Seth Everett. Keep it funky. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another one of our Prince Spreecasts. We have Dr. Funkenberry, we have our special guest, and I want to welcome everybody and explain some of the rules as how we get this chat started. It's going to be a lot of fun. This is our third one in 2013. We did a couple back in 2012, but those are old news. This is the new stuff, and uh, we're very excited. We have a lot to talk about. The Dakota Show is from last week. We have a new website to talk about. There's a pretty good billboard article that I was very impressed with. So we've got all those things to start with, and I want to remind everyone, it's an interactive conversation. You folks can easily sign up for Spreecast, especially if you have Twitter or Facebook. It literally takes two seconds. Uh, you can go into the chat room. You can submit questions that we can put on the screen, and uh, we can do it just like this. I'll demonstrate this. Here, this is Karen. She wanted to say hello, and there you have Karen says hello. So you can do that, and then if you have a working webcam, you can also come on the, the, the screen and say hello to uh, Dr. Funkenberry. You can say hello to uh, everybody under the sun, including our special guest, Bobby Z. So without further ado, it is time to bring our man, Dr. Funkenberry, back to the show. Let's welcome him in. How's it going, guys? <laughs> and Seth disappeared. I guess my thing was a little too funky for him. I guess so. What's going on, Talk? This is a good look for you. You like you like the hat? You like the hat? Okay. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> and you're getting uh, everybody likes what they see so far. <laughs> is you know don't don't be don't be fronting. Y'all know it's luxurious. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. All right. For all the people that wanted my shirt, guys, all the people that wanted my shirt, you have to come back and uh, and finally uh, get his hat. That's what you have to do. All right. Where do we begin, my friend? There's a lot going on this week. Uh, I thought we were just going to be recapping what took place in Minneapolis. Let us begin. Where do you want to go? The website. Let us begin. The website. Y'all like that? Y'all kind of got surprised with that. What did you think of it, Seth? Uh, I thought it was great to see. It was really surprising. And, uh, of course, we found out through the great Twitter handle, uh, Third Eye Girl. 
And uh, I'm putting the website. For those of you who are, are, are did not know, if you've been living under a rock, go to this website there. That is Prince's new website. And it has uh, great music. It has a screwdriver as well as some other treats and uh, some other special things. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot more coming to fr from it. It's going to be absolutely outstanding. Um, how did you find out about it? What was your reaction when you saw it? I thought, what was my reaction? I thought it was pretty cool. It caught everyone by surprise. Um, it was announced through Billboard uh, through the relaunch with their iPad, um, the iPad app, and it had an advertisement for the website. And it's also featured in the magazine, the print version, on newsstands that are disappearing quicker than uh, floridic problems. We'll get into that a little bit later. But I liked it. I liked that they had the screwdriver. Everything looked great. I love the little advertisement for Montreux. The little teaser was awesome. And giving much love to a great artist named Andy Allo as well. Um, just shows you that there is big things in 2013. People were like, yeah, right. You guys, we talked about a website, the first recast, and you guys are getting it. Um, there will be some other stuff. There will be some more surprises. Can't say everything that's going to happen, but you guys should be thoroughly pleased. And we'll leave it at that. I do see that a lot of people were shocked about the website happening. And, uh, yeah, Seth, maybe uh, you've been dancing a lot to Screwdriver, losing some weight, buddy, huh? There you go. You like that. That's my new You're favorite. shapely. I didn't want to interrupt uh, Erica's uh, comment about a temporary website, but uh, I, I, that, that I, had to, I had to match up. And uh, Patty as well. Patty still wants my, uh, my NPG shirt. Uh, I couldn't wear the NPG shirt. I do have the uh, the uh, lotus flower shirt, but it's uh, 10 degrees outside. I feel like I'm in Minnesota. It's you so cold what? outside. You know what? That that lotus flower thing, that's the old, that's a sore subject. Let's not bring that up. Let's concentrate on 2013 okay. and the many surprises it's going to bring. <laughs> very nice. Very so, nice. Uh, so the website is amazing. It's Everything is cool. Now, what did you think? About uh, the Billboard article, I, I hear that uh, you're mentioned in it, right? Yeah, um, it was funny. Um, you you tipped me off on it on a on a text message, and I saw it. The article, uh, which is available in newsstands now, uh, you, you you have you have it in your hands. Uh, it's also available on the iPad, and uh, it was it was pretty cool. It's a it's a great interview, and the article is very interesting uh, about the various subjects that that are, are brought up. And I'm curious to get people's thoughts on what you thought of the article, not just the fact that it, apparently uh, some people at Paisley Park watched the show. There's got to be more to it than that, right? Your mom watched it, Seth. Your mom. <laughs> so I'm playing with you. Is there more, is there more to it? Uh, you know, I'm just going to go with the answer of uh, whatever you think. I no no I thought I thought it was uh, um, the article was, was great it, it talks about uh, having the new uh, people in the band I thought that was pretty impressive and uh, mm -hmm. I like the idea that he was uh, very interested in talking about music being owned and it kind of brings us back to some of the things that we talked about in a past show uh, about ownership and who has music and whether or not 
people should just be able to download music for with, with with you know without contributing something in terms of artists and artists work and there's a lot of different angles of that and i thought the article was pretty representative of what a lot of these discussions have been like yeah and you know what um something that we didn't discuss that i see people are talking about on the screen the larry graham documentary because you know that guy is funky the whole he invented the bass slapping concepts okay yeah. you can't you can't mess with that it's plain and simple so um and then another thing uh that someone's mentioning erica right now about the quite a challenge because prince has allowed journalists to tape uh record you know tape record or take notes uh there's a pretty good reason for that uh you know what i don't like is that say today i may feel like having you know, this morning I may have felt like having cornflakes for breakfast. Someone's going to think that cornflakes are my favorite thing, and that's just what I've wanted today. I may want Frosted Flakes tomorrow. But the thing is, is when you have something on record or recorded or printed, people spend more time thinking about that, of what you said that day. And that's what reflected that day, not what you want every day. When it comes to interviews, they're getting that, that day of how you felt. You can change your mind. And people have to understand sometimes you are allowed to change your mind, just accept stuff and move on. And that's why I kind of trip on interviews, and I ask for email interviews, and we'll get into that in a minute. Um, uh, but the Billboard article was well-written, a lot better than uh, something that was supposed to be done with the Tribune. Um, I did like that they name-checked me. I appreciate that. I do wish that the name-check came with the paycheck. But uh, maybe in the future. But it's it's very cool that Prince has even mentioned my site. He doesn't have to do that. That's that's awesome. And for Billboard yeah. to print it and actually get it right, that's even better. You know, um, it's just it's just really really cool. I feel so fortunate to be somewhat involved in kind of getting like Prince news out there. I mean, he's just he's just amazing. You know, and I'm sure a lot of you guys agree. So, uh, you know, it's just pimping. Now, um, I want to talk about something real quick. Um, did you see, uh, I sent you some stuff regarding the Tribune. Oh, Prince must dig me. I don't know. Uh, you tell me. Um, but uh, the Tribune stuff, um, there's some stuff that I sent you that um, um, what yep. happened was is the Tribune contacted me uh, wanting to do an interview with me, and when it comes, sometimes when it comes to Minnesota press, you know, Prince loves his hometown. He's got mad love for his hometown. Sometimes the press is a little unfair to him. So uh, what I did was, is when the Tribune sent me some questions, I sent them to Prince to look over. Surprisingly, Prince answered all the questions and kind of gave the Tribune an exclusive interview, and they didn't even realize what the heck they had. Now you have the thing on the bottom. The first question the guy asked was like, can you tell me how you got the, this info first and so quickly? And Prince said, Doc has always been very balanced in his coverage of the work, but very supportive at the same time, a friend. Now I think the guy thought I was responding myself like I'm the rock instead right. of the doc. Right. <laughs> and I don't think you guys want to smell what I'm cooking. But um, he wasn't getting it at that, that, that Prince. And then there was another person kind of answering the questions, and we'll get into that. 
but I don't talk in a third person. And, uh, you know, it's always nice to have friends in this world. I don't have many of them. There's not a lot of people I trust. It just seems that a lot of people I consider friends are the ones talking the most mess about me behind my back. Now with this, with the quote that you're seeing on the screen right now, it was asked like, you know, why did Prince want to play the Dakota? And uh, the answer was, and we don't know who was written by with this one, we'll just get into that, that the MPG had already put up the space on hold for their ongoing rehearsals since fun was at Paisley Park. Usually fun is always there at Paisley Park, not the band. <laughs> not the band. Dun, 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 dun. Um, it was decided last minute. Hey, 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 Seth, you want to keep your day job? Don't quit it. Okay. So uh, it was decided last minute to open the Dakota doors to the public, you know, um, to witness what was going on in preparations for the world tour. World tour, you guys are hearing that, right? You guys are seeing that. Preparations for a world tour. And the guy from the Tribune wasn't going to publish this and let you guys know. So we had to drop this news on you right now. And I think it's really cool. The Muhammad, Muhammad Ali, the greatest of all time, trained in public gyms that are open to the press. And this was the MPG's prime inspiration to do that. How awesome is that? And that's why I'm so glad that we're going to have Bobby Z on in a little bit to talk about the Dakota shows and what he witnessed. That's freaking amazing. And I said freaking, freaking, okay? <laughs> Go on with the next one, please. Okay. I, I, I want to get through this because I'm excited to have Bobby on and I want to hear about Bobby these shows. Bobby's going to be on the show in a moment. And then, and then, you know, the, the reporter followed up with a question. Any insight into why he's doing these shows? <sighs> Man, reporters, I swear. Why does he need a reason? Maybe he just wants to jam and have a good time. Maybe he just wants to show off his nice little hat, you know, like I do. Okay? Now it's all flopping around. Anyway, um, you know, several new musicians have joined the MPG and need to get on-the-job training. A lot of musicians play differently when they're being watched by outsiders during rehearsal arrangements and uh, are hashed out. And a lot of things are run over multiple times, different ways to decide upon the best approach. It's fascinating to watch. Something never before done in public. A good way to get to know the people is to watch them work. How cool is that? You know? And we totally agree with that. And those shows, that's probably why they're so amazing, is that it allows him and the band to just be free and uh, just do whatever they want. Some reporters back in the day would say experiment. Prince doesn't experiment. He knows what the heck he's doing. Okay? That's, again, that's reporter crap, and they don't know what they're talking about sometimes. Uh, next thing, Seth, just so we can get, get by this, because I do want to sure. get to Bobby. Yep. Um, did any word come from his management on why he picked the Dakota? Because uh, it's better than the key club in L.A. Um, <laughs> the, you know, look at this. And, and look how complimentary it is. The venue has always been very gracious to Prince in his camp. When artist friends in Anamora played the club, Prince Alamand the decor and lighting to accent the music he knew the audience was about to hear. It was gorgeous to say the least. So you can, you can add Oscar winner, Grammy winner, Billboard Icon Award winner, and getting the decor and lighting just right for nightclubs. <laughs> you can add that to his, his thing, you know? And uh, can we get to the thing? And then this is, see, this is the whole problem is, is we didn't know because it was through email of who was answering the questions. Was someone <laughs> hacking into my email, someone accepting it, and then the question was put, who are you? I'm the third eye girl, who are you? So we got a response from the third eye girl, but we still don't know who she is. 
There you go. Um, All right. Now with that, we now Seth, you you I'm sure you were paying attention. You heard about how amazing these Dakota shows were, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They were uh, fantastic. Now, they were all different, were all different kinds of shows, and uh, some were were uh, more uh, pop songs. Other ones were uh, more low key. The energy level was amazing, and we heard all kinds of great things. And a lot of it was uh, through Twitter. A lot of people were tweeting about it and writing articles, and it it was very cool. Uh -huh. Now, uh, to give the introduction to our special guest, or would well, you? Uh, want me the guy who's been talking for too long to do it <laughs> well let's 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 get to the let's get to the heart of the matter here this is the reason why everybody showed up tonight uh besides the fact that uh, doc had such a cool hat um this is a this is music royalty here and uh if we're talking about a guy named prince let's understand this guy toured with prince for 20 years uh was a prime member of the drummer in the revolution uh he's a guy who has been through uh, a lot in, in in recent times uh, and has really done very well for himself, and uh, he's a, a music icon. Let's just call him what he is, a, a music icon. Let's welcome in from Frigid, Minnesota. Here he is, Bobby Z. Welcome to Spreecast. Hi. Hi, everybody. How you doing? Thanks for joining us, man. So uh, so welcome. This is your, your, your virgin time here through uh, Spreecast, so we'll be careful with you. And, uh, you know, a, a lot of things we were just talking about, you were at the shows, right? Prince invited you, and you got a chance to see, see, see your old friend there. Uh, I did. And uh, I have to say it was uh, some of the most remarkable Prince shows I've ever seen. Uh, now, I've seen some from, uh, from the back, uh, looking <laughs> out. But uh, he, uh, he was just in complete top form. Uh, his musicianship has never been better. Uh, the, the humor, I mean, I guess if, if, if people don't know one thing about Prince is uh, his sense of humor. He's, he's, he's probably one of the funniest guys I've ever met. And he was just uh, having a blast. And the jokes were just flying between songs, during songs. And uh, he was definitely enjoying his time in uh, the small venue of the Dakota where, where fans were literally uh, touching him. <laughs> At one point, he actually handed the guitar, uh, you know, to uh, some fans to hold it while he got the strap ready, and I think the people were going to faint. But uh, <laughs> it, uh, as far as uh, the band, uh, the NPG, and uh, the girls the next night, um, it, it, it was incredible. And uh, there was even a moment when he said it was a med it was like a medicine show, and it was. There was a moment that was literally uh, like a healing experience, like a religious experience for everyone. And uh, it was it was really incredible. Very very proud of everyone involved, uh, especially Prince, of course. Now I saw that you kind of said that the Dakota Jazz Club shows or the Dakota Jazz Club itself, will never be the same again. Just like First Avenue was never the same after 1983 when you guys dropped Purple Rain on that. That's a pretty interesting comparison, especially because you were part of that and now for you to see it. You know, how did you well, feel about that? Um, you know, Prince has been hanging at the Dakota a little bit, and uh, it's a great place to see music. Uh, you can sit down. they got good food. 
uh, it's kind of like uh, we used to have this place over north, uh, like the Riverview Supper Club, I think, you know, Prince and I back in the day would hang out there. And, um, you know, it, it's kind of a, an atmosphere that's a little upscale and fun to go to. Um, and uh, he, he really enjoys his, his time there. And uh, I think it was only a matter of time <laughs> until he played there. But he did something absolutely amazing with the club uh, on the Friday night show. Uh, when the girls played, he took all the tables out. Now, it's hard for you to know uh, without being there what that's like. But he, all of a sudden, it transformed it into uh, like a ballroom, a wood floor. And oh, wow. people were just gathered right up to the stage. So uh, there was about 200 people just uh, standing five feet away from him. And I don't... I don't can't imagine the last time that ever happened. So um, that's kind of the feeling you got that this club is uh, transformed into, you know, he, of course, he, he configured it. He, he, he changed, he brought the sound down from the upstairs to the floor. He put, the, you know, the, the keyboard station uh, stage left. He put the horn stage right and uh, got the band in there in a whole new way. And uh, it'll never be the same because uh, he just, took this piece of clay and, uh, and, uh, made something out of it. So it's, uh, it was a, it was a beautiful, beautiful experience, you know, to hear and see and be a part of. And, uh, it, it was, it was remarkable. So that's why I said that it'll, it'll be transformed forever. And the people will want to play there because Prince played there, you know, it'll just change the whole dynamic of the Dakota and, uh, forever. That's very, very cool. And of course, uh, we see questions coming in already uh, for Bobby, and we're going to get to some of these on screen. Uh, if you hit the submit question button, basically right under Bobby's chin there, uh, if you hit submit question, it'll we, you can send it directly to us, and we can pop it right on the screen. Uh, also, if you have a working webcam, you know, one thing we've seen on Spreecast so far, if, if you're a return viewer or if you're a new viewer, uh, we can put up to four cameras on camera on the screen at any one time. And uh, that means we can, we have room for one more. Uh, we can actually submit uh, a camera. So what you have to do is just hit the camera button, which is basically underneath my arm here, and uh, just hit the camera button, and uh, we'll chat with you, make sure we get everybody up, and you know we'll have to do it single file. We won't be able to have two people on like we normally do, but uh, you can get a chance to come on camera and uh, say hello to Bobby and say hello to Doc, and I'll, I'll be here too, and I'll say hello to you as well. Uh, but we can do, do that. Uh, Bobby, you, you said that it, you know it's a different perspective watching him on stage now than watching him from behind when you were playing the drums. When, when you think back to those days, the energy level wasn't different. But what was different? Um, well, I, you know, I mean, Prince goes through phases of music. I mean, obviously, I started from the very beginning. And um, so there was a whole evolution of uh, everybody's got a beginning and, uh, and everybody grows, but he just started to grow so fast and learned so many skills so fast. Uh, but songwriting, uh, hasn't changed and it was always one great song after another. So it's always the execution of these amazing songs. I, I said, uh, last year at, uh, uh, when we did our, uh, reunion that, um, you know, with classical music uh, like Mozart and Beethoven, you know, they, they, they wrote this stuff two, three hundred years ago. And so no, no one really has a recorded version of this stuff. So 
they take this written music and they and they kind of argue about it. You know, did he mean this? Did he mean that? Um, you know, we're just getting this this first generation. We got this composer, this this Mozart in our midst, and uh, this music will live for hundreds of years. So it it, it has a evolution um, that grew. So I, I got to start from the very beginning uh, all the way to uh you know parade which is quite a journey and um the energy level it, you know it, it seems more now it, yeah. it seems like he's gained even more of the uh of the knowledge the skill um and and the prowess to continue to grow I, he, he looks like he's still got momentum and still moving forward so pretty remarkable very cool. Very, very cool indeed. Um, one of the things that a lot of people will ask um, when, when, when people want to know is they want to know how you got hooked up with him. Um, when, you know, how, how did the whole thing start? Because we do want to ask you about the, the, the show last year and what you have coming up. But I think people who are younger uh, fans who are just kind of learning this differently, you know, there are a whole generation of people that, found found prince after the revolution so tell us about how the whole thing got started um well you know we i was uh, a studio musician and uh you know prince was hanging around at, at the same studio and um we we connected that way I, it there was some we did our first session together and uh i i knew immediately that uh that it was he was the greatest piano player the first thing i heard him play that i ever heard um and then it dawned on me very quickly that that there was something gifted something special and you know i saw it you know you know very early and it took the world a very short time to to catch up but uh we got along and uh, we became friends. And uh, the process of uh, putting a group together uh, was basically me, Prince, and Andre Simone. And um, we, uh, the three of us, uh, were the core. And then we uh, we did a lot of auditions with a lot of other people. And uh, we went to LA and auditioned people. And uh, we came back to Minneapolis and auditioned people. And we kind of had you know, the three of us kind of decided on who the other members would be. And uh, Des was uh, just an instant, you know, I mean, he just, his look, his feel, uh, he was just the right guy. And then obviously that front line of Prince Des and Andre Simone was what made the, uh, the power, that trio of those guys up front was a unmistakable front line. Um, and we, we just kind of grew from there. And, uh, our friendship was was forged in the beginning and uh, continues to this day. Our professional work was uh, was amazing, and uh, I, I enjoyed every minute of it. And um, it was a, an amazing, long, beautiful run. Um, the beginning um, was was a lot of fun because in the beginning, um, you know, when we played like the Stone in San Francisco and some of these clubs like the, the Ritz in New York. I mean, when, when you're, when you're forging and pioneering, 
uh, with somebody as amazing as and and you know iconic as Prince, you know, uh, everybody comes to see you. Bowie, Warhol, uh, Kiss, you know. I mean, it was uh, pretty beyond belief, actually. So uh, it, it it was a remarkable start, and uh, obviously continues to this day with his show last week, which uh, I told him was uh, I, I told him I thought. You know, that proved to me what I always knew, that he's uh, the greatest entertainer that's ever lived, in my opinion. I don't think anybody can touch what he does, playing, um, singing, writing. It's remarkable. It's great stuff. Now, let's, we're going to, before, before we do that, Seth, I do have a question I just thought of. Okay. Now, you guys are playing, and... Um, you guys started touring in 79. You guys had some shows at the Dirty Mind Tour in 1980. I know that was exciting. But did you, I mean, because I, I had this feeling like seeing Prince before during a period where he wasn't so popular. Uh, did you around the 79, 80, did you know that it was and within a few years with the 1999 tour and then Purple Rain the movie, the phenomenal success that you guys were going to have selling out arenas not just one night multiple nights did you did, when did you get a feeling of that and did you ever think that was just going to be you guys were going to be the biggest act on the road at that time in the 80s well i mean he he had this amazing uh premonition um of things to come uh all of a sudden like you know we're gonna do saturday night live and it'd be like you know you just couldn't believe it, and then it materialized. And then all of a sudden there was a, a film writers on our tour bus, and uh, there was talk of a movie, and it was just like things started to materialize. But I think it all, the engine of the whole thing was uh, hit songs, and his, his ability to right. hit songs and keep them uh, going. And uh, it's really uh, a remarkable journey of, of songs that keep catapulting it. Uh, I mean, the compositions are always the wow. uh, the driver. So it, it as the songs kept getting bigger and bigger, the hits got bigger and bigger, things started to happen more and more. But in the very beginning, like I said before, everybody's got a beginning. Um, and his beginning had its moments and uh, the Rolling Stones come to mind. Uh, that was uh, That was a rough day. But uh, obviously, uh, you know, sometimes through adversity, you rise above and gain great strength and uh, nothing stops him. And uh, he, he just, you know, forges ahead. And that, uh, that's why it just kept going. And then obviously the movie was the biggest rock and roll movie since Help. And uh, that's, that's, pretty, that's pretty big. Let me, let me ask you a question about that because you, you hit on something that I thought was interesting. You guys were talking about plans, and you guys were talking about ideas. Where was it? Was it on a bus? Was it on the road, on a plane, in a restaurant, at, a, at, at rehearsing? When when he comes to you and says, by the way, we're thinking of doing a movie. We're thinking of doing a movie. Like, what? Who, how did it come up? What did it sound like? And what was your reaction? Um, it was... Uh... It was it, it, it was like uh, beyond belief, of course. Uh, but it, you know, 
with Prince, you know, you just, there was no doubt that you, you know, said, we're going to do a movie, you're going to do a movie. So you, we did the work and the preparation and put the time in and um, it was just our job. And uh, we just did our, our job and we prepared for the movie. We, we took acting classes. We, we did the stuff that was necessary to get comfortable in front of that camera. Cause I got to tell you, when that big Panavision 35 millimeter cameras in your face, uh, it's, it's, it's a lot different than what you think when you see dailies and your you know, your face is a hundred feet up and down on the screen. Uh, it's, it's a way different experience. Every twitch of your face, everything is, is shown. So he prepped us really well to be actors, which, uh, we really, you know, had done a lot of video, but, uh, and as the story came together, it, he was taking he had people like hang with us, uh, with me and Dr. Fink and Mark Brown, Mark, and, you know, get to know us. So mm -hmm. they got to know us and got to know the band. So it, it, it was, it was believable. I mean, obviously it was a process. It didn't happen overnight. Purple rain was a big, big undertaking. And, uh, it, it, he just kind of knew and educated us as well as he learned about the motion picture industry at the same time and how to make a good movie. And um, it, it all came together. The, the performance scenes were, um, were uh, remarkable, the energy in the room when we filmed them. And um, so he, he really had a vision and, um, and it, it, was, it was some of the most fun. I have to say that it was 20 below and it was 4:30 in the morning uh when that phone call came and uh it's not so glamorous at that point but i, I you can't describe the the time uh of making a film like that and uh and the energy that it it brought all the way to the to the you know chinese theater doing the uh the premiere and for MTV, I mean, it, it literally was a, a dream come true for sure. That was great. Very, very cool. Doc, let's say we get to uh, some, some viewer questions. You ready? We'll do, a, we'll do a couple of text ones and then we'll get some people on camera. I know some people have been waiting very patiently, so thank you very much for doing that. This is the first one. This was uh, from John. What do you think? Um, he's a fantastic drummer. Uh, a lot of the tracks uh, that you hear, he he played drums, and a lot of the tracks that you hear, he played everything. Uh, there's the, the one thing I noticed in the very beginning is the remarkable part was sometimes he'd just go out there and play the drum track by himself. So you don't know you don't know what's going on. This is so in the very beginning, you'd be in the studio and there'd just be a drum track, and then you're just kind of wondering, okay, well, well, where are we going now? And pick up the bass, all of a sudden it'll be a bass track. Pick up the guitar, it'll be a guitar track. So the song was in his head, and it would just form uh, in front of you. I've seen him write lyrics that, with no corrections. Uh, they just come out. So um, it's, it's it, the drumming is, is just another skill he has. I mean, I, I don't think, you know, He's, he's weak in any of it. So his drumming is, is fantastic. All right, let's do one more. Doc, you want to read it? Uh, <clears throat> who, uh, who played on a song, uh, who played drums on the song Head? 
Was it you or Prince? That that was Prince. That was Prince playing drums on head. And uh, that uh, he wrote uh, that I remember. I think he wrote the lyrics first. Uh, I saw the lyric sheet and he and I read that and I was just like, you know, this is interesting. And uh, he said, you don't know how funky it is. So and then the next day it was done and uh, he put, he goes, listen to this and it was head and it was just like that summed up Prince at that time pretty well. And uh, we played it live like I think like two days later or, you know, a relatively short period of time. And and it became a, a, an iconic uh, showstopper. So it was uh, obviously lyrically forward at that time. And it uh, it, it made history. He still plays an instrumental version of it, but uh, no more lyrics. No more lyrics. You know, I, I uh, you know, I mean, the groove speaks for itself. I, you don't even need lyrics for that song. It's just so funky. The groove itself is just so funky. What, what do you think of that, that Bob? Absolutely. What, what about the, the the fact that he's he's changed his tune? And I, I heard him say in an interview that he does, he, you know, he knows his fans have children and he wants to encourage bringing the children to the show. And it's just changed his act. And, you know, I always thought of it as, as a growth thing. Uh, for all the fans too. What what was your take on that when you found that he wasn't singing those lyrics anymore? Uh, you know, I I respected that. I mean, what you know, it's it's you know, rock and roll when you're 19. You know, the Beatles were 19, the Stones were 19, Prince was 19. You know, we were we were young kids. We were kids, and I think when you're kids, uh, rock and roll, you know, at that point is is when, like I said earlier, when you forge this. And uh, we became, um, you know, iconic, if you will. You know, I, I think that you have to look at the whole picture. And uh, as you as you mature, um, you 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 do what you feel is right. And I don't I don't you know if he if he wrote something that he felt uh, he has ownership. You know, speaking of the big O, right? He's got ownership of this stuff, so he can do whatever he wants with it. If he chooses not to play it or change the words, that's his prerogative. Right. Absolutely. I agree with that. Did you see someone in the room put that they should uh, just change it from head to bread? Do you get enough? Yeah. <laughs> hmm. I mean, you know, that, that, that's, that's. Hey, he's got a sense of humor. You never know. You I don't know about I'd that. I'd be down with it. I'd be down <laughs> yeah. with it. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. You guys ready to talk to some uh, some fans here? Some, some people that have been waiting patiently? Sure. Put them on. For Bobby, let's do it. Let's get Bobby in. And I do want to have Bobby. I do want to have Bobby soon talk about uh, his charity event coming up. Of course. For my Purple Heart Dart Oaks. Hopefully we can get to that. Let's get some questions from the fans for him. All right. Well, well, the first one is going to be a return viewer. Uh, she was on last week's show. She wanted to come on this week's show. So let's say hello to our friend Esperanza. Welcome to Spreecast. Hi everyone. Hi, how are you I'm good. Hello, how are you? Good. Okay, what's so what's going your on tonight? What's up? Uh, well, I had two actually, but uh, I guess well, we'll I'll leave it up to Mr. Bobby to decide which one to answer. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how good your first one is. We'll see about the second one. All right. <laughs> uh. Well, 
Mr. Bobby, do you have any interesting or funny stories about any interactions with Prince and the rest of the band? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think, you know, when you're, when you're rehearsing that hard and uh, you're working that hard, you can't help but release tension sometimes. And sometimes we would, you know, just, just goof around. Uh, I remember, and, and when you're on tour, I mean, some of the most fun was, you know, down at the Waffle House, you know, just got a truck stops two o'clock in the morning, you know, you get out of the bus and you just get into <laughs> giggle fits and uh, something happens and, uh, you know, you, you're just, you're just releasing a lot of energy. You're just kids, you're on the road and you're having fun, you know, uh, you know, one time, uh, you know, uh, we took like a, a before 9-11 and before flying, you know, when flying was fun, um, you know, we had some goofy story of a, we took like a megaphone or something, I don't know, out of an airplane and, and uh, you know, we were goofing around with it. And, you know, we all got detained or something. I, I don't know, you know, I don't remember exactly, but it was pretty hilarious. And then, of course, the, uh, the, the infamous uh, food fight with the time, it was... Uh, epic uh it was literally it, it's worthy of its own movie in my opinion it, it it went on for days there was prisoners of war uh there, there was uh weapon arsenals and it all ended in an epic pie fight battle uh that in cincinnati uh where there was this great story that uh that dr fink and i uh we were running from uh jam and lewis who had um eggs and uh they were in uh, uh shower caps in the hotel and uh hefty bag suits they made suits out of uh plastic bags and they were uh firing eggs at us so we ran in so it was t the time uh roger and zap and then prince so we were the headliner and and uh roger was in the middle of the show and so we kind of ran into <laughs> roger's room and he was like what's wrong with you guys it's like you know, we're being attacked, and he didn't know what we were talking about. So th this food fight was, uh, uh, it, it was an epic battle that 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 carried into the hotels, and uh, it, it, it was a blast. It was ridiculous, and it was a rock and roll fantasy. <laughs> but it was serious business, of course, you know, this food fight at that time. But no, when you look back on it now, it's just uh, releasing some energy on tour. Yeah, I'm sure. All right, all right, Esperanza. What's your second question? Wow. Uh, my second question was, did you were there any noticeable changes in in your life once Purple Rain came out and it and it just exploded? Well, you know, um, you know, of course, um, the um. The great thing about it, though, is that uh, we, were, we were still working very hard. And uh, when you're working very hard, um, I imagine it's, it's, it's what it's like uh, for a team that gets into, you know, like these guys are in the Super Bowl right now. I mean, they don't really have time. You know, they're thrilled. They're excited. But uh, the best thing you can do is stay focused and work hard. If you see, you know, uh, like that Syracuse show that was out on uh, VHS, stuff like that, I mean, you can tell that. Uh, it was all about work, and uh, our little private club of being in the revolution and a good show was a reward um, for hard work. So what it changed was uh, there. There it is, right there. Um, there you go. It's, uh, 
Don't have, have a VCR, but don't have a VCR, but it's a great show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, it it uh, you know it it changed the movie changed everything because you know I mean like I said before I mean I'm I'm probably known as a drummer because. Um, of the movie because my face was on the big screen and I said, you know, uh, a couple of uh, crazy lines, you know, like what difference does it make man and stuff like that. You know, people kind of come up to me sometimes and say that. <laughs> so the movie changed, it made Princeton Revolution different than, you know, just an average band in the eighties. Obviously the movie became, we became kind of like movie stars in a way. So that, that to this day, I think it's the biggest difference between uh, any band that came out of the 80s and us was uh, we were in an Oscar-winning motion picture. That's right. Hey, Esperanza, thanks for joining us again. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Okay, so let's uh, let's try one more before we uh, get to back to our questions. Let's bring in uh, Marco. Marco, welcome to Spreecast and say hello to Bobby Z and Dr. Funkenberry. Hi. How you doing, Marco? Hi. Much respect. Much respect for Ma for Bobby, for Thank Bobby, you. for Doctor, for Seth. Thank you. Uh, I have a question for Bobby. Uh, um, who is the, the the best drummer uh, of uh, of Prince after the Revolution era? Well, I, you know, the other night, uh, you know, uh, Ronald RBJ was, you know, I mean, uh, what I saw was uh, pretty remarkable. So uh, I like John Blackwell. Uh, uh, I'm a big fan of Blackwell. Uh, you know, uh, RBJ was pretty awesome. Um, you know, uh, I thought Michael Bland was pretty awesome. You know, Sheila E. I mean, you know, I, I, I feel like I'm, part of a pretty amazing little club there. I mean, obviously uh, humbled by their talents, but uh, uh, I think being in the drummer chair for Prince is a serious job. And uh, uh, it's, um, uh, you're kind of like, I, I, I think of it as, you know, you're, you're, you know, you're holding down the fort and uh, it's uh, an important job to him. You know, you're, you're kind of driving the show. You know, Prince and you are driving the show because the drummer takes the cues, and uh, you you know, I mean, the beat to him is everything. So uh, I I love them all. I think they're great, but uh, you know, I, I think he's he knows how to pick them. So they're all wonderful. Hey, Marco, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Marco. Thanks, buddy. Good job. That's tough, man. Especially that, that's hard. Good good job by by him. And Hannah, let's not forget Hannah. She was, uh, she really did a great job. She was, she was really uh, impressive. And uh, it was her first show uh, on Friday night with, with Prince at the Dakota. And the second show, she was just spot on locked. So she, she's going to improve really quickly. And uh, she's, uh, and Cora, I see people talking about Cora. Yeah, I mean, they're all great, you know, I mean, um, like I said, I mean, he's, you know, the, the, the drummer job is, uh, is really, really important. So they're all fantastic. You know, I don't think that he would have uh, anyone that wouldn't keep up the speed. 
Absolutely, because I always feel, I've seen Prince, uh, we don't need to get into how many times I've seen him live. I don't really travel to see him. If uh, that, You know, this week it's a lot more cold in Minnesota. I definitely probably would not be coming. It's a little too cold. But I have to tell you, when he's got a great drummer behind him, it makes him that much better live. Everything just seems to flow so much better when he has a great drummer. So when you say that drumming is so important, 100% as a concert goer, it just it just it frees my mind more when he has someone really great behind him that can keep up with him. Because he's the greatest live performer out there. And when he has a drummer that's on point, I, I would be scared to be the person that has to play the Staples Center after he comes there and wrecks that place. Well, I, you, you, just, five. you just, uh, um, Go ahead. you know, you know, I mean, you raised the issue because, you know, arena drumming is, is where, you know, I had, you know, we started from clubs and, you know, so I was the first one that had to go into these bigger rooms and, you know, that, that's a challenge to play these bigger rooms and get the sound right. And, um, so you really, you know, these guys that with the finesse and, and the, and the intricacy they play with, the, with the arrangements he's got going now, uh, it's really impressive, you know, to get all the subtleties and all the stuff going in a big, big room, like an arena, you know, it's really, really impressive. All right, let's get to uh, yeah, a couple more. Seth, is there a few? Yeah, we got to get Go some ahead, good text questions. Text yeah, that's fine. Thank, thank you for that comment. Old folks, huh? Okay, okay. <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate that. You're under no obligation to answer this, but I thought this was a good one. Bobby, have you seen the vault? Oh, you know, of course. It is, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a tape locker at Paisley Park. And, uh, you know, um, I don't know if it still exists now, but, you know, I mean, uh, you got to store stuff somewhere. And there's, uh, there's, there's, uh, Tons of unreleased material. Um, there's tons of videos. There's movies. You know, um, he's a, a documentarian. You know, he believes in uh, in capturing all this stuff, and uh, it's amazing, wonderful stuff. But when you got so much good stuff, you know, you have to really think about what you're going to release. So it's his prerogative, but uh, it's definitely, uh, you know, definitely there. There's definitely there. Yeah. I like Ben's comment. It's guarded by the two guys from the Get Off video. They're <laughs> just standing there. Looking. <laughs> meaner, probably meaner looking guys than that, you know. But uh, yeah, it, it's it's uh, it's it's uh, it's like Fort Knox or something. It's protected, but uh, it, it's uh, it, he's got a lot of stuff. Let's go back to the uh, the, the crowd here. Right. And by the way, if you're just joining us, uh, you can sign up. Uh, you can if if you hit the camera button right underneath my arm here. Uh, the camera button, you can get on camera and uh, let us know you want to be on the show and say hello to Bobby Z in the remaining moments that we have. Let's uh, let's grab uh, Jester here. Uh, Jester's a, a buddy of ours, and let's get him uh, on the screen. Jester, say hello to Bobby Z. Hold on. His camera is not working just yet. Hold on. Bear with me. There we go. I think he's there. Yeah, there. Oh, his camera back X'd out. Oh, well, I'm sorry. I tried. 
we, we tried to pop him on. Uh, if you can get well, back on, we can do it. Doc, take let's it. Let's try to get him on. Yeah. Let's try to get him on a little bit. Why not? Why don't we make this guy's day uh, and be politically correct, as he would say. Why don't we get uh, Joshua oh, okay. on, on camera with Bobby Z right now? Sure. There he is. What's up, Josh? Hey, guys. Um, how we going? Seth, Dr. Funkenberry, and uh, Bobby Z. Wrong guy. It's, um, it's, uh, it's truly an honor to... Um, to be here with you, Bobby. Um, just a couple of questions, I guess, that I've got. First, first of all, I've got to give a shout out to a certain crew out there. So I'll just say hello. Shh. Okay, that's 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 the uh, the secret code, I guess. Um, out the way. Um, have we lost Bobby there? Is he still? I think he's getting refreshed here. That's the neat thing about yeah. Spreecast; they auto refresh you. So we'll we'll get him back on in a second. Okay, no worries. Um, first of all, um, before I get to the questions, just in case um, Bobby um, uh, can't hear this at the moment, um, just a quick plug to uh, the Australian um, 21 Nights at the Sydney Opera House, uh, or 21 Nights in Sydney Facebook page, um, and if everyone can go there and, and uh, like that page for us, we've been um, uh, pretty, you know, over the moon since he was here back in May last year, and uh, after he mentioned at that first or second show that, um, I think it was the second Sydney show that... Uh, He'd, uh, he'd like to play the Opera House someday. Um, we've sort of started a campaign to get that, uh, or to make that dream a reality. So uh, if you just go to Facebook, look up Prince 21 Nights in Sydney, you'll, you'll find the page. Uh, like it, share it, that would be fantastic. Um, with that said, um, just a couple of questions for Bobby Z, if he can hear us, and if not, if you're able to repeat it uh, for us, that'd be great. Uh, one was... Um, one of my favourite drumming parts um, is uh, one of my favourite drum tracks is Darling Nikki. Um, it's just uh, a very atmospheric song, and, and with the the, the, uh, the drums and the, and the way they play it, it's, it just gives the song um, so much. And um, yeah, just wondering if, if Bobby Z came up with those parts, or if Prince sort of had it in his idea and said, "Oh, I want to basically play it like this or this." Um, just how he came up, or the, how they came up with the, the drums for that particular song, and also wondering uh, what what Bobby's uh, favorite favorite song was to play. Uh, I think he's back now. Yeah, I think he is. Uh, how you doing? Hey, Bobby. Um, <laughs> hey, how you doing? Um, so yeah, in case come back, you Bobby, come back. <laughs> uh, how you doing? Uh, yeah. Great man. Um, yeah, just yeah, an honour to be on here with you and uh, and hello uh, from Adelaide, Australia. Um, yeah, just in case you didn't hear that before, um, I guess uh, yeah, how did you guys come up with the, the drum parts for Darling Nikki, and um, what was your favourite song to play with the band either in the studio um, or, or live um, during your time with with Prince and uh, and the Revolution? Uh. Well, Darling Nikki was uh, was uh, Prince Overlaying stuff, and uh, it's a remarkable uh, drum track that yeah. uh, that he did. And uh, it really is uh, the challenge for me was to get that to be played live, which uh, um, you know, with the double kick at the end. Um, so what we had to uh, do some really creative work um, and. Uh, that was up to me. So we, you know, to decipher that. So, um, 
I think it's a remarkable track and uh it, it was just genius work and um we pulled it off live and uh, i'm not going to give away the secret sauce on that but uh oh, no, that's we, cool. we, we were definitely we were definitely able to pull it off my favorite song to play of course is purple rain um it's a something emotional about that uh right from the get-go it, it had the feeling um that it has today and uh the mood when he started playing those chords, uh, the feeling when when uh, he started singing that, uh, it just had this m emotional feeling that you get, that you still get. And uh, to be the drummer on that uh, was uh, like no feeling in the world. Uh, I really feel that I got to play on a standard, as they call them, in, as musicians call them. Yeah. And, uh, it's a remarkable feeling when I hear that. And uh, I, th I thank Prince for, for that. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. So, Josh, yeah, thank, thanks a lot for joining us, buddy. Thank you very thank much. You. Thank you. All right. Now, Bobby, uh, we will take, a, we will take a, a couple more questions afterwards, but I want to get to your Purple Heart organization and the event that you're having in First Avenue on March 9th. I would love to talk about that. You know, and we're just so thankful that, you know, two years ago, you can explain to people what happened, but we're so thankful tonight that you're able to join us here for many reasons. And one of the reasons, of course, is what happened to you two years ago that helped you kickstart wanting to do uh, the Purple Heart org event. Can you uh, talk about that with us a little bit, please? Yeah, well, I mean, there's, there's nothing like, um, you know, uh, being told that, uh, that you're basically a goner and then, um, basically disappearing. And, uh, my family had to say goodbye. And, uh, you know, uh, it, it, I had some real trouble. Um, I basically had the proverbial heart attack on the table and, uh, they were trying to insert these stents, which became the word that was the trigger for what you're talking about. The research behind that uh, my father, uh, when he had trouble, they were sticking a balloon in called angioplasty. Yep. And uh, they were doing this blind. And uh, from one generation to that, I watched my entire third stent on a big screen at the University of Minnesota live. I watched my heart being worked on live. Yep. I was, of course, given some twilight sleep, <laughs> but I remember every part of it. It was the most incredible thing I've ever seen on TV. Uh, which motivated me to think that the American Heart Association has done so much good and so much with their research, and they're such a great organization, that what can I do to help? And um, I thought, well, I'll, I'll, the, in, what I have in my toolkit is Prince and the Revolution. And uh, I, I didn't think that Prince would really, you know, want to go back to First Avenue and do that, but he was so gracious and wonderful. You know, you find out who your friends are when you're sick like that. And he called the hospital, he talked to my wife, Vicki, uh, faster than anyone. And he was on this thing. And you could feel the wind. I heard the Madison Square Garden experience that, you know, I, I heard about and people were whispering. And, and then all of a sudden you could feel the energy that he created in a healing sense that's still with me today. And, and that beautiful thing of letting the revolution happen in the reunion um, was just an incredible experience. 
I guess the American Heart Association was just the right place to go because they um, they really do research and education and they, they have the tools. So last year, we, when we did the revolution, they have these great videos with the guy from The Hangover and Elizabeth Banks. And they're really fun and educational. And we got letter. We actually saved lives. And that's very addicting. And when you get letters and say, hey, I saw your show or I heard you on the radio or on TV and my uncle was this and that. And we took him in and we saved his life. I mean, you, you can't beat that. So I didn't really know what to do for the second year. Uh, but, you know, Questlove was so gracious. He wanted to come back and he was friends with Maya Rudolph. And and uh, I, I knew that she did this uh, th this act called Princess. And, you know, I asked her and and people are just uh, are anxious to help. So we've got an amazing cast. It's called Bobby Z and Friends this year. And we've got Questlove and we got Maya Rudolph and, and her partner Gretchen as Princess. But for a lot of fun, we're bringing back Andre Simone and Des Dickerson, uh, Dr. Fink. I mean, Andre, to play with Andre again is, is, is going to be fantastic. And, uh, you know, he's such a, an amazing old friend. And, and, and just to, to, to create this, this environment now that we are we're helping people learn, uh, I'm going to have science class this year. We're going to give out some facts that, nice. you know, that are, that are life-saving facts. And, you know, uh, it's it's just such a great cause, and these are, the American Heart Association is so together with the, with this. And it, you know, I can go into the bars, uh, I can go into First Avenue where people are are drinking and smoking outside, and that's the people that need the message. You know, uh, and so we're we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna preach to the choir, and we're gonna we're gonna get in there, and uh, we're gonna save some more lives. So I just thank you all for the support on that and mentioning it. It's just wonderful, and I just like to thank Prince for letting it happen again because uh, it, it it's gonna be a great night. We got Alexander O'Neill, we got Stokely from Mint Condition, wow. and uh, you know we, we we're rumblings with some other folks too, but we're gonna have a great time. You know, before you continue, uh, and, and it's an amazing story, and I didn't want to make light uh, of anything that you were saying because I, I know everybody was glued to your ears, but these are some of the things that you saw in the chat. Uh, ben has a very serious question about your heart surgery. Is there a bootleg of it? <laughs> <laughs> I wish there was. You know what? There might be. Uh, you know, it... Uh... It, it, you know, to see this thing, you know, they had like a bank of NASA scientists behind this <laughs> computer bank. And I'm in this big room and it's at the University of Minnesota. And, and uh, it's, you know, we're the golden gophers. So there's like gophers on the wall. And, you know, it's like you're in this giant laboratory. And uh, it, it, uh, it, it's absolutely remarkable when, what they can do. And they've done that because of the research. And we're funding the research and we're helping the research. And and that's what it's all about. And then one so I'll try and get that. I'll try to get that bootleg. There you go. And then one more. That this was during the story. Uh, this was, this free cash should be twenty four seven. It's like a purple CNN. <laughs> we we should we should have a, a purple channel and uh, purple we'll, channel. we'll just we'll talk all night. There you, there you go. Um, very cool. It's very very great. What tell us about last year's event? I know a lot of people saw news clippings of it and whatnot, but the, the, the reunion of the revolution and the first time you did something like this after your surgery? Uh, well, I, you know, playing the drums became much more important after the surgery. It was like uh, I didn't want to take that for granted anymore. And, uh, 
I called uh, Winnie and Lisa right away, and uh, after Prince said it was cool, and uh, you know, Wendy said you're gonna ask us to play, right? And before I could say, you know, yes, she said Lisa's nodding yes. So that was the nucleus of it, and then I felt the energy excitement. I, Mark and Matt, of course, and then it was our idea to have Des come join us which was a remarkable extra thing. So we had that and uh, we got together and, uh, you know, I mean, Des and Matt and I were uh, some of the original guys. So the Prince songbook was kind of open pretty wide. So we did some fun stuff, uh, uh, you know, back to uh, the first couple albums. And, uh, you know, we, uh, we, we just did what we did. You know, we did what we did the best we could do. Uh, it's not the same without Prince, of course, but people seemed happy and uh, it, it was uh, about the message as much as it was about the music. And uh, it, I'm, I'm thrilled that people were happy with it and I'm thrilled that we're doing it again. Uh, it, it's just a it, it's a great honor to be doing this uh, for the cause. It's, it's very cool. And it must have been a, a great experience. I'm glad, uh, Doc, that you put the link up there um, to uh, the site. And uh, just so people know, if you're watching this on archive or if you're watching this live, uh, you can click directly on that those words right there. You click directly on the text, and it'll open up another tab. It won't make you leave the show, so don't think you can't let log on right now. Uh, you can check out that site while you're watching the show or listening to the show, and and whatnot. So that it's very important that people know that clicking on any link that we put on the screen is not going to take you away from the show. And I think a lot of people hesitate because they don't want to lose it because they're afraid they're not going to get it back. So uh, we definitely have that. And I love the chat room talking about uh, the parade album. I, I just think that's very cool uh, and very good stuff. Um, in our remaining moments, so there are a couple of people that we wanted to get to. Uh, we're going to give Jester another try. He, uh, he, he was vetted. He was all set. And then uh, his PC supposedly his PC uh, crapped out. And so now we're in this thing where he says he's on a Mac and that's better. I'm personally a PC, so I, we're gonna have to have this debate another time. But let's try again, Jester coming on Spreecast. Let's see if this time it works. Hey. There it is. <laughs> hey. Uh, much love to How you, How you doing, Bobby. Jester? I'm doing all right. Uh, I'm so honored to talk to you. I love all of your drumming. I think you're just an inspiration. I'm glad that you're going forth with life, benefit, Thank celebrating you. life, and all that jazz. Um, Thank you very much. Someone already asked one of my questions, but I guess I want to ask, how did you value the transition? I mean, you were with them from the beginning, and then you went into parade and around the world in the day. How was it coping with the transition from the funk to something light like Raspberry Beret? Hmm. Well, I, I, um, thank you for that. I, uh, I, I was kind of a, a versatile drummer uh, when I was younger. I, I like to, uh, I like to substitute. It was a weird thing at the union back then, a musicians union. You, you know, uh, if if a guy didn't show up, you know, I, I played in a polka band one night and uh, kind of like a jazz band the other night, and I would learn all these kind of versatile things and. You know, obviously, Prince is a very versatile songwriter. A musician is all over the map. And I was kind of a rock drummer. So, you know, we were into, like, Mother's Finest and some, you know, there was some interesting stuff back then. So uh, we kind of got on the same page or I could I could adapt. So he had to teach me the funk a little bit. 
uh, you know, uh, I had to learn about that. But uh, once I got that down, you know, we could we could go from, you know, Bambi to treat me so bad to when you were mine to head, you know, and I, I felt pretty comfortable, you know, going from those various styles because I had played everything from, you know, you know, country rock to funk, but I had to learn, you know, how to how to be disciplined. Uh, and he taught me the discipline that it takes to be a, a great drummer, you know, watching and uh, and learning and stuff like that. Because, you know, the drummer is, 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 is has to follow the leader and he's as good a leader. He's like, you know, Count Basie, Duke Ellington kind of stuff right. here, you know, we're talking about. And that stuff's moving 100 miles an hour. So right. you better know what you're doing and uh, you better watch and pay attention because those cues are flying. And he's... He, he's sending them out uh, even last week. I mean, these guys are flying and they're going from song to song and it's coming on the drummer to know, you know, uh, tempo changes, uh, arrangements, stuff's moving. So um, that was what I had to really, you know, get up to speed. So when you, you know, we all kind of learned in the beginning how to get going, uh, but uh, it, it was all about just, you know, learning the discipline that that prince has as a musician he's perfect time perfect pitch in tune in time all the time uh you know us mere mortals don't really have you know we got to keep up with that so keeping up with him is 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 the key very cool wow wow that's awesome thanks i'm very happy to talk to you and being here i'm very happy to talk to you jester (laughs) thank you good seeing you jester good seeing you man Good seeing you too, Doc. Nice to see you over camera. All right. Thank even you, though Doc. you're a Mac guy. Even though you're a Mac guy. Mac is better than PC. I mean, this is a piece of crap. We're gonna yeah, we're gonna this. have we're gonna have to have another <laughs> spree cast, another debate. This thing's gonna go twenty four hours, I promise you. Okay. <laughs> we'll see you, buddy. Care of Jester. We'll take it taken care of. Jester. We'll take right. care of. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, as we uh, continue here, and um, I believe. And you're not gonna you're gonna crack up, Doc. But uh, the other Joshua has uh, left the building, so we were gonna get. The, oh no, he's here. It's just his camera is uh, is deactivated. So, uh, Joshua, if you get your camera back on, you can come on the show, and uh, we'll have you back on. Uh, if anybody else wants to hit the camera button, uh, we can we can hit your little camera button, and you can get on the show as well, and uh, we can stay in our remaining moments. Um, when you found that uh, everybody was getting back together and everybody was, was, was seeing did, did the other members of the band keep in touch with everybody? Like, do you guys do a good job of keeping in touch since you guys don't tour together anymore? Uh, you know, everybody's busy and, uh, life, life goes on, but, uh, there's a warmth and a friendship that, you know, we're all friends and, uh, at any given time, you know, a text, a phone call, something, you know, it just check, you know, you know, when I was down, they were all there. And uh, that's, like I said, when it counts, you know, you find out, you know, when it counts and they were all there, uh, you know, and that, that, that means the world to me. So uh, it, it, it's wonderful to have friends like that. And, you know, a band is a very special thing. You know, it, it's a very unique situation. You're in a very intimate, uh, condensed setting with, with, with people in a very, very, uh, intense environment that you know touring you know touring is you know you're you're locked you know and uh it, it's uh you're in the bubble and uh it, and 
you don't forget that stuff, you know. Uh, you know, I went on many, many tours with Prince, and, uh, you know, it's just those memories are just etched forever. One brilliant night after another. It was so many remarkable nights that uh, during, the, you know, not just Purple Rain, like I said in the beginning, you know, it was just as fun in the beginning. You know, Purple Rain was fun because it's huge, but it was also the beginning was so fun playing the little clubs in Atlanta and, and stuff like that. I mean, that, that, that's just as thrilling to have that in the memory banks too. So, um, it, it, you know, I love those guys. I love them all. I love, you know, I mean, I just, everybody's, it's just part of my heart and soul. So it's a beautiful, beautiful thing to have these humans in my life. All right, let's grab uh, one more uh, viewer that we wanted to pop on the show. Joshua is back and uh, his internet is clear. And he is on Spreecast. There you go, Joshua. Welcome. Hello, Mr. Rivkin. I salute you, sir. All right. uh, Thank I've you, been Joshua. I've since 1978. Mm. I'm 43 years old. That, that... I've followed you. Um, three questions. And i got to keep it quick. So, number one, what was it like to go from a regular drum kit to integrating electronics? Well, um, Prince was, you know, pioneered again. Uh, the, the innovation um, to take the box and make it pads was uh, pretty much all his, you know. And uh, with Roger and Lynn, uh, you know, right. we, 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 had to, we had to build an interface. Uh, the interface uh, came out, and there wasn't really much technology to support that at that time. So uh, we were trying various different configurations. But um, it, it, we got it down. And with the invention of Simmons pads that came along, so we would use the Simmons brain, but at the same time, we would, those pads were used to trigger. So uh, it was a process. Uh, it was something he really believed in and was way early on. And uh, it, it, it created a, a, what we know today as a playable electric drums. I believe that he... Uh, again, in so many ways, a pioneer, and um, that that was his dream is, is that this drum set would be playable, and uh, it was. And by the time we got to, uh, you know, you know, Purple Rain, because you know we had started to do this uh, as early as Controversy, uh, yes. it, it it was it was a working it was a working set, and uh, well, you never well, knew what was going on. You know, I mean, that was the fun part. You you had those four drum triggers. You know mm. what I mean? Those little mm. small rototoms that you could trigger off. Yeah, they you could trigger off them, and they had their own brain too. So they they were uh, they were you know uh, drum synthesizers actually, and uh, okay. he you know loved recording with those. So I was just taking basically what was happening in the studio and bringing that live. So. Um, it was a lot of fun to play with that stuff, you know, bombs, explosions. You could do all kinds of fun stuff that drummers had never even thought of before. So all of a sudden, you know, we're doing bombs on the drum kit, which was a blast uh, in 1999. You're doing, you know, literally explosions from, from the kit. So it was, uh, it was a blast. Well, you know, I got to say, you know, on that, I'm sorry, because I know my time's short. Um, on the 1986 uh, birthday concert that you did, I mean, you have timpani at you know at your 
at your lower toms, you know, mm. when you're doing another lover, you're like, boom, and it's timpani. Yeah. How was that? Yeah, we, we, go ahead. I'm saying, I mean, how cool was that? And how hard was it to, you know, because I, I, you know, I saw you playing, you know, the stick against the pressure of the tom when we were talking about mm -hmm. from 84 to 86. I mean, when you hit it, mm -hmm. you hit it, you know what I mean? During Purple Rain. Oh. And it was mm -hmm. a little lighter when it came to Parade. You know, there was a little well, technology there. Techno yeah, technology was improving. And we were, you know, at that point, you know, people were bringing their technology to Prince as he used it in the studio. Okay. You know, that's how it, how, how it happened. He would use it in the studio uh, on a track and then bring it to the show later. So the album would have the, the technology or the instrument and then uh, it would be, uh, you know, brought live. So it, it, technology moved very quickly after we, you know, first developed this and electronic drums and Rollins and, you know, and all, the, all of a sudden there was various pads and samples were triggered and, you know, you could lock up better and do stuff better. So, you know, tech, he was at the forefront of technology and it moved quickly. So, you know, sure, there was dynamics is what we were talking about. I think you're right. talking about is the ability to, to get louder, softer or softer, louder. You know, the, the pads started to be able to do that. Uh, whereas in the beginning, it was just one sound. It was just hit on or off. So, right. Um, it was just that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. one more question, and I know I have to go. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, was that a piccolo snare on the nickel. parade tour? I'm sorry, what was that? Was that a piccolo snare on the parade tour? Uh, it was high. It sounded you know, we had tight. Well, we, you know, we had a couple snares, and... Uh, you know, we would even switch snares out. I mean, um, there was nothing that, you know, there was snares. Um, we had a piccolo snare and... Uh, like in the middle, the snare. one on the left was the other one? Yeah, well, there was, uh, you know, I mean, there was there was various configurations. Like I said, I don't like to give out the secret sauce. Understood. You know, I'm just, uh, okay, understood. You, you know, you know I, I don't like Can to divulge the secrets. Can I you on Facebook but. if that's all right? Yeah, I, yeah, you know, sure. I mean, I, I probably won't answer your question there either. But, I know. <laughs> but, uh, okay. But you know, at the same at the same time, you know, what you heard, I love the fact that it, it was kind of like you didn't know what was going on, and that that was the uh, uh, the Houdini of it, if you will. You know, that you know, if the beat was playing, I was a percussion player. If if the beat wasn't playing, I was a drummer. So right. I had you know the ability to go both ways. Or, you know, I mean, add kick drums and, you know, it, it was, uh, it was all, you know, it, it's Prince's design, this, this uh, electronic, you know, feast of, of percussion. And it was so much, so much fun to play it. Uh, you're an octopus if you're working for Prince. So, I mean, I, I was an octopus and you're, you're, you're yeah. all over the place all, all the time. And, uh, you know, if you're not doing anything with your left hand, you're not doing your job. He'll, he'll, he'll find something for your left hand. So well, with all due respect, <laughs> it was, Mr. Uh, Rivkin, and I can say this, I mean, there were times, and you're looking at me right now, there were times where you would go and you would press this or you do that or, you know, I could see it, you know, and, and it's really cool. I mean, to me, you were one of the greatest personas as far as percussionists, as 
his sound is concerned. And you did it at a time with a technological advance, which was amazing. And then he would take, you know, the kind of drums that you had and he would put them with certain, you know, designs around them. And I thought that was pretty cool. I mean, the, the way they looked, I mean, he, he, he's, a, he's, he's a designer. I mean, he's a fashion designer. He's a, he's a designer of, of drum sets, the, the parade diamond drums. These are his drawings. These are his vision. And uh, he would get, you know, these things got made. And it changed technology and it changed the way people looked at this stuff. And uh, it, it, it's absolutely remarkable that... Uh, the, the technology that was going on back then. I, I looked at it like the Model T, you know, we, we were taking the drum machine literally, uh, you know, uh, for, the, for the first joyride on, on a set of pads. And if I'm the guy that, that you think, you know, uh, did a good job, then thank you and I appreciate that. Well, it's great stuff. And Joshua, thank you very, very much. Thank, thank, thanks again uh, for, for, for joining us. So Bobby, when you when you hear from fans, as we kind of put a lid on this show and, and, and get set for our next week, and we are going to keep doing this show on Wednesdays, and when you hear from fans, people want to ask you mostly about the past. But I think the cool thing is, is that you follow all the current things. You know the Dakota shows. You know all the, the, the things. You know uh, Third Eye Girl, and, and, and you know all those things. You keep up with the times as much as all the fans do. Um, yeah, I'm a fan. Uh, I've all, I, I was, you know, I was a fan first, uh, one of the first fans and, uh, I, I, I felt it immediately and I'm captivated and blown away by it today. I, I, I'm, I was, you know, uh, there's just nobody like it. You know, there's, you know, there's nobody that's going to be, that can, that can do what he does. And, you know, you know, just kind of, Business-wise, you know, I know there's a lot of talk, and I mean, you know, here's a guy, you know, in the '90s that that was selling music on a website, and and, and understood that the that the major label system is, you know, is antiquated, really. Uh, you know, you can't you can't do that anymore. It, um, you know, artists, you know, are are not, you know, you know, a major label thing is really nothing more than a bank. And, and what happens is, you know, you get a huge amount of debt. So you get a $250,000 video, but at the end of the day, it just benefits them. So um, you're in the hole for 250K. So, you know, it, it, it's a, he really understood this early on. And I think people get it now, but, you know, he's been, he's been doing that for a long time. So um, I, I've, under, I've appreciated the business savvy. I've appreciated the, 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 uh, the musicality, of course, but, you know, as a performer, you know, like I said, you know, I don't, I don't know if there's anybody that's ever been able to do that. I, I'm just lucky to be the guy that, that started, you know, uh, when he got his deal with Warner Brothers and, and, and be the drummer. I'm, I'm, I'm just lucky to be that guy because I, I'm still, in, first and foremost, a fan and blown away. When I saw it at the Dakota the other night, I mean, you're just blown away. I mean, there's just, there's just nobody nobody that can that can do that kind of entertainment and take the mood up and down take the crowd on a ride like that you know just you know pick up guitar go one way you know quiet it down and 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 just you could hear a pin drop you know it, it, it's just there's nobody that has the command of the band and the audience 
eggplants. That's very well stated. What do you think a conversation would be like between Dr. Fink and Dr. Funkenberry? Between Prince and Dr. Funkenberry? No, no, no. Dr. Fink and Dr. Funkenberry. Oh, that would be funny. Uh, <laughs> the, doctor, the, the new doctor <laughs> show. That would be a, a doctor off or something. I don't know. They, they could. They both wear goofy costumes. Matt could wear his, you know, his doctor suit, and Funk can wear that hat. You know, that that's a good close representation to what Prince wore. But what Prince wore was a little bit cooler. You know, it was like a a pink panther hat or something, and it had like a scarf thing, and he came out in that thing. And it, it you know, it's just another example of of uh, you know hilarity that was like I couldn't believe it, but. You know, I mean, uh, why not? Why not wear that <laughs> that that panther head or whatever that was? That was pretty awesome. Great stuff. Great stuff. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah, you can get Dr. Teeth from the Muppets. You can have all the do doctors. Very good. <laughs> yeah. Very, very, oh, very cool. Oh, well, Bobby, now Bobby, Bobby, I, I it... wait. Seth, oh wait. Hold on. Oh, that's right. That's right. One more. One we more. Gotta, we right. we we got to go there. So uh, I'm sure you've seen the Chappelle Show skit about y'all uh, playing some basketball with uh, Charlie Murphy. Uh, yeah. Now, uh, Prince has said before that really happened. What is your recollection of that event? Well, I mean, uh, Prince so. is an amazing athlete. Uh, he, uh, so we played a lot of basketball. We played touch football. You know, we, we did all this stuff. And... Uh, you know, he, he's a great shooter and a great basketball player. So, I mean, you know, we, we played a lot of basketball in L.A. at Sunset Sound. There was a hoop and uh, we uh, we did a lot of stuff and uh, played a lot of basketball. Um, so, you know, it's only natural that if you come into that world, you know, you're going to play basketball. And uh, I think people are probably surprised. I think it was the, the whole joke for, for, for them is that they were probably surprised that, uh, that Prince was such a great athlete and played basketball. I think that that's, that's probably the shock. So, um, you know, it, there was a lot of, you know, we had a lot of fun in LA, you know, there was a lot of people that hung out and, uh, it, you know, it's a funny story. And, you know, the Rick James part, you know, that, that, that part, you know, we toured with Rick for, you know, three and a half months. So I think that, uh, they're close, but the real Rick was, uh, maybe even, <laughs> more than uh, than they're saying. I you know I, I learned a lot from Rick. I don't know if it was all the right stuff, but I learned a lot about life from Rick James. There you go. <laughs> Very nice. Rick James. <laughs> and, uh, on the, what a great final line. Show there. <laughs> show not the drug stuff, but you know, just about life. He's an interesting guy. You know, I mean, he that band was, uh, you know, that that was interesting. You know, uh, but oh, a lot sure. of respect for them. You know, uh, it, it was that was a lot of fun. No, that's a that, that that's a great story. What a great final line! <laughs> tremendous, <laughs> tremendous. Thanks, guys. You know, stuff. thanks. I just want to say thank wow. you to everybody. You guys were so amazing. You know, the fans really, you know, lifted my wife and family up when uh, it was pretty scary. Uh, it was it was it was really bad. And uh, you know, uh, we we. You know, when you reach out to the fans and, you know, you don't know when you're going to get back, but we got nothing but love. 
and nothing but support. And uh, I had a zillion messages of love and support that I, I sat in the hospital and just read this stuff. And uh, it got me out. It, it really did. You know, Prince, Prince you know, he, he was the wings, but it was so much support, so much love from everybody that uh, I really, uh, I, I just want to thank everybody. And, and, you know, if you could come to Minneapolis and support our show, and, and and do this, you know, that's wonderful. If not, you know, the American Heart Association is where you should, you know, give a couple bucks, three, five, 10, 20, whatever you can. Uh, whatever. It's a good cause. Everybody's got heart disease in their family and, and it's know somebody. Just take care of yourselves. And, and, uh, and, and I love you guys. Bobby, it's great to meet you. Thanks so much for coming on the show. And uh, we'll definitely, uh, we'll talk again. We'll, we'll, we'll definitely have you on again. Good, good luck, everybody, and uh, we'll talk soon. Thank you, guys. Bobby Z, ladies and gentlemen. Tremendous. Great Thank stuff. You. Great spot. Outstanding. Doc, a tremendous third show, buddy. We, we, we got really into the memories there. I know there's a lot going on currently, a lot with the, the website and, and, and all the stuff, and you with your costume. We could have talked about that, but uh, what a fascinating conversation, and what a great uh, guy. I, I love... The thing I loved about this was you didn't know exactly where the show was going to go. It could have gone in so many different directions, and uh, Bobby was really a lot of fun fun to, to watch, and, and I hope the fans get a kick out of that as well. That was fun. Hope so, too, and uh, stay tuned next week at the same time. We'll probably have another special guest. Uh, we'll keep you informed, and there's always going to be something interesting to talk about. You guys found out... Uh, possible world tour information earlier in this precast. So those that missed it, you can come back and access it. And uh, we yep. had a very good time. And I uh, hope you guys had yeah. a fun time with us. Thank you so much. And those are our uh, Twitter handles. You can follow us on Twitter. Uh, everybody who helps put the show together. Oh, and, and Third Eye Girl made an appearance there as well. So we can have that. Uh, Doc, I'll talk to you next week. And uh, for everybody, uh, follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Spreecast. And uh, uh, have a great week, everyone.